you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. So it's like an hour after the draft. All my buddies were out at our eating club. I'm starving. I haven't eaten all day. I'm like, I guess I'm not getting signed. So I walked out to the eating club. They were having like barbecue chicken and burgers and dogs. It was awesome. I couldn't eat. I couldn't even look at anybody. Dude, second semester, senior year of college. Sure. My buddies would come home at 5 a.m. every morning. I was waking up at 5 a.m. every morning to train for the draft and doing like the shuttle and all these drills. And I thought, oh, my gosh, I just threw away my second semester of senior year of college for nothing. I couldn't, I couldn't even eat. I couldn't look at anybody. I walked back to my dorm room. As I'm going up the steps, I hear a phone ringing. I start like sprinting up the steps. I grab it, it's Joe Linty. He's like, where have you been? I've been calling you for like 15 minutes. I said, well, you told me the longer it was after the draft, the worse news it was. And it's been like an hour and a half. And he's like, well, you're signed. I'm like, with who? He said the Redskins. Minicamp starts on Thursday. I was wow. like, yes. Wow. So I said, Joe, I'll call you back in a little bit. I hang up. I sprint back out to the eating club where all my buddies are. I walk out. All the girls are there, all the guys. You're, you're just nude at this point, right? <laughs> no, like, I, I, I lost. I I'm out. above all I just law. put my finger above my head. I'm like. Redskins and we all I'll never forget this we all like jumped up and down and they were so happy for ah, me that was great. like they were gonna live vicariously sure. through me so David football football David the Dave Damashek football program available on Apple Podcasts and at NFL.com slash DDFP now here's your host Dave Damashek oh yes the unmistakable sounds of Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, Princeton graduate, so on and so forth. Also, perhaps most importantly, he hangs on the digital wall of fame here in Studio 66. Hi and hello and welcome to the Dave Damashek football program. I hope all's well wherever you are. The aforementioned one, Ross Tucker, seats is seated to my immediate left. Ross Tucker, what's the poop? Welcome to California, fella. Yes, my uh, thank you. My my annual pilgrimage out here mm. while my wife and daughters are at the Jersey Shore. I'm like, all right, that's when I'll head out to L.A. for for a day or two. Well, we have a lot to talk about, as usual. Football waits for no man. And uh, you were just at Philadelphia Eagles mini camp. I want to talk about that. Well, all the all the hot button issues here of Studio 66 this offseason. We'll do a little uh, best of with you just to get your opinion on a couple of those items. And uh, thanks to everybody for the uh, birthday wishes. It was, uh, it was a grand one filled with food. Like you look right now, you look like a 30 eight-year-old like washed up screenwriter i would say <laughs> why do i have to be washed up why I, why can't i be thriving because you didn't even button your last button uh, and when we had lunch before you buttoned up i saw that there was stains on your heinz ward t-shirt that's underneath 
your button down right now. There's like legitimate stains on your Heinz Ward t-shirt. It's not your business. That you, you, don't, wear. you don't come in here and embarrass <laughs> me like that. Hey, I'm so going to pretend that, that that never happened. And we're going to pick up and look, you, you let your guests say that Joe Montana is not a top 10 quarterback. OK, <laughs> I think having a couple stains in your hinds. I would okay. like for the record to let to, to you and any future guests here in Studio 66. I gave David Carr every opportunity more than than he deserved, perhaps to take it back. He decided to press forward. And I am, you know, I applaud his courage in making so, the statement that Joe Montana is not one of the top 10 QBs of the Super Bowl. So I'm going to go ahead and disagree with him. Oh, you are. Why don't huh? we start with that? That's I, a hot take. I think Joe Montana is one of the 10 best quarterbacks of the Super Bowl era. I, I, I disagree with David Carr. I, you know what? If you actually talk to him about it, and by the way, for what it's worth, Steve Mariucci doesn't go that far, but he does say for one game, head-to-head, he says, I'll take Steve Young over Joe Montana. See, I feel like it's the opposite. I agree. That Well, I agree. I feel like if you want like a whole career or if you want the human being, maybe Steve Young over Joe Montana, but for one game... Joe Montana. That's why Joe Montana is better. That's because he Joe came Montana. up big in the biggest spots. Yeah, can I tell you one more thing? People about like Joe the Montana. people I, I it makes me crazy when people like to act as though the entire point of a football season doesn't matter. They're, they're, we play it to completion so that somebody wins. What are we talking about that that doesn't Oh, you can't can't judge a guy off of that. Oh, oh yes I can and I will. And by the way, Joe Montana is born in the greatest state in the union. That's right. Yeah. Uh, he's not. Well, listen, I, I appreciate that you want to take pride in the Keystone State. I have in a more immediate appreciation for it, because if you are reared in the southwestern portion of Pennsylvania, you, you, you're gifted with a rifle. Mine <laughs> happens to be attached to my left shoulder. But yes, I grew up in the same neck of the woods as Johnny Unitas, uh, Joe Namath, Joe Montana, Dan Marino, Jim Kelly. I mean, you know, it's really even Terrell Ed, uh, Terrell Pryor. Yeah, he, don't put him in with the other guys. He was good. He's the best high school athlete I've ever seen. So they say it was crazy. So anyway, so I was at Eagles minicamp literally yesterday, mm-hmm. and I'm like, your a, son kiss face tells the tale. Yeah, well, that's because before that, I was at the Jersey Shore. When you were in Pittsburgh, did you go to the Jersey Shore or no? No, we uh, we would go for a few years. We drove out to uh, Bethany Beach, Delaware. Interesting. Okay. Loved it there. Ocean City, Maryland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Loved All right, so I go to Stone Harbor, New Jersey, and I love it. Tony. I love it when a plan comes together. Mm. So every year I go there. You should trademark that. It's good. <laughs> the Eagles minicamp was Tuesday through Thursday. I'm doing their preseason games. So I wanted to go and watch a practice. But I also like to come out to L.A. I have different podcast meetings for my podcast and also come on yours. So for me to be able to go Saturday to the Jersey Shore, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, wake up Tuesday morning, drive from the Jersey Shore, the Atlantic Ocean, to Eagles minicamp. I'm at the Eagles facility all day. It's glorious. The weather's awesome. The airport's seven minutes from the Eagles facility. As soon as practice is over, I head off, on, a, on get on the plane, fly out to L.A., and then I've been all over the place, Encino, Costa Mesa, all, all over the place. But I just love when, like the efficiency there. I mean, be able to go from Jersey Shore for three days, go to Eagles minicamp, get on the plane, come out here, do this. I'll take the red eye back tonight. I'll be, I'll be home by 8 o'clock tomorrow morning. Fly, Tucker, fly. By the way, can I just tell you? Have one, you what, which, which one do you prefer, the Atlantic or the Pacific? You can only dip your toes into, into one body of water to the exclusion of the other for the rest of time. Which would it be? So I've only ever spent one week at the Pacific Ocean. Hmm. Super Bowl with the Bucks and the Raiders. I got a house with a couple of their Cowboys offensive linemen. And that was pretty cool. I couldn't believe how wide and long the beaches were. Mm-hmm. Like once you got on the sand, it was still a long time before you actually got to the ocean. The Atlantic's not like that. You know... Can't just, surf the Atlantic, can you? Well, no, I don't surf anyway. But there's too many times you go to the Atlantic, and the water's really cold. The Atlantic, oh, the Pacific is much colder. It actually, is? yeah, by by within, I would say by July Fourth, it's going to be nice and warm. You ever go down to the Carolinas in July? The water is almost too warm to feel refreshing. 
That's interesting. You know, I've never been to like Carolina beaches. None of them. Well, and I'll go with the food that comes out of the Atlantic over the Pacific. They get the the hard shells and the lobsters. I don't think that the Pacific lobsters. yields those. So, by the way, the craziest thing I saw probably is at, at Eagles Mini Camp. Yes, please. Jason Peters. Still. Dude. Guys, it's funny. Let me just say this, because uh, most people who listen to this show, you'll be interested to learn, did not play pro football. Okay. Um, and th- the person talking right now also did not play pro football. It's funny how often the name Jason Peters comes up among the last uh, among guys over the last 20 years. People say you just don't understand. I I always you've heard me say that a million times. I th- these these dopes like me who or, or I I don't do it, but dopes pretentious people who announce that Anthony Munoz is the best left tackle of all time. You don't know what you're talking about. How do you know how, how he, which guy leaned good? You know, right? You right, know right. who leaned good because you did it. Well, so here's so the Jason about- Peter. People say, oh, he's one of the top twenty NFL players. Well, here's the thing. He and I were teammates in 2004 Whoa, yeah, with the Buffalo right. Bills, and I the NFL Films has this new program where if you request it, they'll send you one. Remember those old like. Steelers, 1998, mm-hmm. next year's the year, whatever. So I, you can request one. So I, I asked for the 2004 Buffalo Bills because that was the year I started like 13 games. We were 9-4 and four in those games, whatever. Ugly uniforms. And, yeah, yeah I and I went back through that. And against the Bengals, number 85, Jason Peters, burst through the line, Whoa. blocked the punt, scooped it up, and scored a touchdown. No way. 2004. Wow, that's Number something. 85, Jason Peters. And by the way, that dude is still 350 pounds looking like a dancing bear on the field. And my back hurts if I stand at the bar for more than like 25, 30 minutes. He's not like, a liability in 2019? But, well, I think his, you know, he didn't finish a handful of games last year. Mm-hmm. I think that becomes a problem is like, you know, you want to be able to rely on your left tackle to get a lot of snaps. How about the big Australian kid? Is he a project? Will he ever you need make to it? See him. I've person. seen him. I've in stood person. next to him. Yeah, it's unbelievable. He's a delightful guy. Six eight, three sixty five. They have him working it right now, uh, and they say he's doing pretty well. I think he's still figuring some things out. But I'll say this, and this is why I was a little surprised that the Eagles drafted Andre Dillard. I know, you know, he's a great pass protector. But I was so impressed with Mylotta last year as a rookie. The guy had never played football before. And I'm watching him just lock down the ends in the preseason games. Now, keep in mind, I was there with Jason Peters his first year and his second year. Mylotta was better as a rookie last year, his first year, than Peters was mm. his second year. And Peters, by the way, grew up in Houston, like played football his whole life. Mylotta never played football before. So I just I, I remember thinking I don't think that the Eagles need to draft the tackle. I think it's going to be Mylotta, but they put him on IR last year with a back injury. I don't know how that is. And plus, I just think that there's still enough of an unknown there with the guy who never played football that the Eagles thought if we can get the best pass protecting offensive tackle in this draft, we got to take him. And if Mylotta ends up being a stud, we have four. Then great, we have four off some tackles because at some point Peter's going to retire. Then we'll have three. The Eagles never want to be have avoided the offensive tackle spot. You look at some teams, it really, if you have a tackle that just can't hang, it really kills you. It does seem, well, and we talk about that all the time on this show, that uh, what the Eagles do and what all the teams that make deep playoff runs, it's not fun for fans to talk about, but it's it's quality and depth at the line of scrimmage. Those are the teams that you yeah. keep. The, the Patriots you got to throw out because whatever voodoo they work doesn't apply to the other 31. If you eliminate the Patriots from the conversation, what you see consistently with those teams that are making the deep playoff yeah. runs is is it's not fun. It's, you know, like, wait, what did the, Nick Foles, what a story. Like, yeah, go watch Fletcher Cox. So he dominates. He is unbelievable, that offensive line two Super Bowls ago. Yeah. That, that's the difference, in the, even though it was a shootout of a game. Do you agree? Well, let's start at the end of the story. February, early February 2020, are you, because you're close to there, or because you believe in them and you just saw them and you're, uh, you uh, respond to the, the shiny keys that you just saw, is that your Super Bowl pick out of the NFC? I think they have as good chances as anybody. Yeah. 
And I think you think here's my thing. I keep saying Carson Wentz has the most pressure on him of anybody in the NFL. I think he's no. I I think like maybe Kirk Cousins. Ooh, that's a good one, guys. Because I think who all did we come up with? Spaghetti, Freddie Kitchens. Freddie Kitchens tasked with uh, not just a talented team, but the huge personalities of yeah. Bake and Odell and Jarvis Landry yeah. and so on. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, rookie coach. Yeah, go go make sure that uh, everybody's happy. And the other was the Rams, too, if I remember correctly. McVay and the Rams. Yeah, it's well, right. In, in terms of McVay is the personification of the coach everybody wants and went out and hired this yes. offseason. If he falls flat this year on any level, people will say, what have we done? What now, have we done? I think Wentz is up there, but I think the Eagles giving him that contract takes, I, I kind of agree takes with a that. little bit of the pressure yeah. off. You know, if you think about it, if the Eagles didn't give him that contract, as long as he stayed healthy and played well, he'd be fine. But there'd be more pressure to do that. Now it takes a little bit of the pressure off for this year, but they have a really good team. I mean, they have they have a really good team. I don't think there's an NFC team that's better than them, but I still think the Saints are good. I still think the Rams are good. You don't you don't think Drew Brees is uh, what we saw at the tail end? That was an aberration. What do you mean? He was they couldn't throw the ball to get the ball forty yards downfield without it fluttering. Well, yeah, I don't really know what happened there. By the way. But wait, it wasn't it wasn't a quarter of football. It went on for like five weeks. Well, I think this. I think all those teams are about the same. And what happens is injuries throughout the year, who's playing their best in January. And that's not like some great thing, but it's not like it's not like there's one team that's head and shoulders above the others. Is I Mitch Trubisky good enough to make the Bears relevant? I don't think so. Really? Whoa! Uh, I, it is interesting that when you watch the games last year... You mean, you mean year, relevant in terms of going to the Super Bowl? Yeah. That would surprise me. Hmm. The defense and otherwise isn't just strong enough to overcome that. Because it is it is interesting that when you watched... when they, they He would put up in fantasy terms some huge weeks and everything, but very often it was in the first 15 scripted plays. They would jump teams. Yeah. They, and you, and then like, hey, what happened? Uh, Trubisky's week. having a huge game, and then like, yeah, his numbers are pretty much the same as they were at the end of the first quarter. What happened there? Oh yes, when he is expected expected to carry more, uh, carry more of the load, he doesn't seem to care. Well, I just I just look at it like this. I have a tough time sitting here thinking that the Bears are better than the Eagles, the Saints, the Rams. What about the Packers? Maybe, maybe even the the Cowboys. Uh, I don't think they're better than the Cowboys. I'm not sure they're better than the Seahawks. I mean, they're in the mix. I think they'll I think they'll make the playoffs, but what about my Niners? We'll see. Your Niners? I've decided that they're gonna win the division this year, so they become mine for twenty nine. Instead of the Rams and the Seahawks. That's what I said. That's because of your your comfort level with how how good looking Garoppolo is. I, it it, prov- it presents no issues for me. And in fact, I've said it to his face. And so I would say, I'll say it to yours. I still think Tom Brady's more handsome. Than Garoppolo. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I, he's one of those guys that for me, I look at, I, he, if he walked by me in the hallway or walked down the street and I didn't know who he was, I would not bat an eye. I would not think like, now that's a handsome guy. Tom Brady, quite the opposite. Cam Newton, Cam Newton, I swoon. You ever look into <laughs> Curtis Martin's eyes? <laughs> You get lost. <laughs> Eric Decker, come on. Jimmy Garoppolo's our most handsome football player? No way. Here's a controversial one for you. One of our most handsome. Why do we even have notes? I don't know. One of my most handsome, one of the so most handsome Hall of Famers. Who's the most handsome Hall of Famer? I'll give you, I'll give you a head start. Probably Marcus Allen, but in the conversation, OJ. Yeah. He's a handsome man. Both those guys are good-looking guys. Nice skin. Not on that list, Bob Greasy. What do you think about my idea that we take Bob Greasy's gold jacket away? He's mu- he's muddying up. Bob Greasy is muddying up the water so that we can't really talk. We can't have honest conversations about Eli's place in the Hall of Fame because Bob Greasy's there. And as long as you have him sitting there, well, he won two rings, and now Eli, he has two. Now you have to put him in. Jim Plunkett is the only exception to that rule. So by that definition, he— You don't think Eli's a Hall of Famer? I think he is because his numbers are 
hard to dispute, and he's going to add to them, obviously. Or will he? Question number two. Eli, starter, September 2019, yay or nay? Yay. I, I, I'm surprised. I think it's interesting that Pat Shermer kind of put this competition stuff out there. It's weird. It, it's, it's, I don't know what his logic there or thought process is. Because really, if it's really close enough through the spring that there's a competition – why even pay Eli the twenty two? That's exactly right. Well, how do you? I, I you know, I whatever, always get lost in those owed, numbers. That doesn't make sense. But it's all that dead money. You couldn't just. You couldn't. No, I, I don't. If you I, dumped Eli in say on September fifteenth or whatever, would the would the Giants have the same cap hit that they have yeah, now? But the problem is they didn't know who's going to be as bad as he's been in these like OTAs. That's the what I think is the issue. Oh, is that right? I think that. One, the team is shocked that he cannot throw the ball like outside the numbers, and they're also shocked with how well or how quickly Daniel Jones is. Not only is he being like super mobile, but he's picked up on the offense, and he's like his arm is stronger than what he's shown in college. Those like the two things from the all the beat writers I follow. That's all what they've been saying. Wow! So they intended because to me the the thing the song I've been singing for four months is either you think Eli can take you to the playoffs or you let Eli go and you take a QB. But if you're rolling with Eli, they should have been taking Williams out of Bama or one of those edge rushers in that spot. If they cut Eli, it's eleven point two million dollars of dead cap. If he's on the team, he's twenty three point two. Well, at this point, it's moot. I mean, they still can cut him. They can still cut him. Here's the thing. If Daniel Jones wins a starting job, there's really no reason to keep Eli Manning on the roster other than he's Eli Manning and he won two Super Bowls for you. Why would you do that? Look. Do you think they shopped him? I I know there's $11.2 million of cap. He's got no trade clause. I know, but so what? Could they couldn't go Here's to him the and say they? You don't think they went to Tom Coughlin as a for instance when that was up in the air before Foles and said like, "What do you think? Reunion, old time's sake, get no. ten back in there." I don't think so. But here's the thing: Why would you pay Eli? His base salary is eleven five. I think they already paid him the five million roster bonus, didn't they, Eddie? I think he already got the five million dollar roster bonus. He did. Probably. He did. That was like a was it a okay. month ago or something. So yeah. then that that changes things a little bit. Um, so you, so you think Eli is going to be the starter? I think I, I find it hard to believe he wouldn't start the opener. Yeah. Oh, you know, think about this. Think about how it's going to be ba- sad if he flames out. Think though. about how, no, 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 no. Think about how bad he would have to be in the preseason games to not start the opener. And then them to have the highest paid backup quarterback in NFL. History. I don't understand in this multi-billion dollar industry that, uh, uh one of the 32 teams, the proud New York Giants franchise. Once proud. Couldn't divine what they wanted to do with Eli, so they split the difference. And basically, I I wouldn't say that they, you know, who knows that maybe Daniel Jones can make a run. But my point that I keep making is, if you thought Eli was good enough, then draft a player who can make an impact in 2019 to help Eli's cause, either on the O-line or as an edge rusher. I don't think he is good enough. So then they should have let him go. That's my point. Correct. If they knew, if they knew that in January, what what Spaghetti is saying is that they didn't realize that until they saw him now in camp and realized, oh wow, yeah. he's really he's an old man. Well, because all they said in January, February, March was he can still make all the throws. Go back and watch those last six games of last year. So in the last two he months, all of a sudden, it. Eli looks like he's lost his fastball. That's literally the beat reporters. The, the 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 quarterback stats out of OTAs, which are always funny to me, but the quarterback stats out of OTAs have not been real good. Let me say this about Daniel Jones. I don't know if Eddie knows this or not. Do you know he was committed to Princeton? <laughs> he, seriously, he was committed to Princeton, okay, and then he had a big senior year, and like right before signing day, Duke offered him a scholarship. It like blows my mind to think that the fourth pick in the draft – in the NFL draft, could have been playing in the Ivy League the last He hangs years. on the same wall of fame uh, in uh, Princeton, New Jersey, as you do. He could have. What do you mean? Oh, yeah, I guess he didn't. They probably didn't. He didn't go they, there. But they probably have uh, a lot of space on that wall. They could probably put him up. Like, he almost went here. You know who else almost went to Princeton? Who's that? Drew Brees. Really? Wow. He didn't have any any uh, Division One offers. Really smart guy. He was going to go to Princeton, supposedly. 
and then Joe Tiller ruined my life by offering Drew Brees a scholarship. To you guys Purdue. would have matriculated together? Same year. We would have won the Ivy League every year. But you year. wouldn't be sitting here right It would have now. been awesome. Why uh, not? Because I mean, haven't you seen Back to the Future and Terminator and all those? You start messing with the past, man. You don't wind up in the same spot. No, I probably would have been actually drafted or something because more scouts would have come and watched us. Mm. And it would have been awesome. Instead, we had, didn't we have one We could be doing this season. in your mansion right now. We could be swimming in your pool. I, that would be. I still have a pool. You have a pool in yeah. Harrisburg, PA? Yeah. Man, dollar goes far in, uh, in the Keystone State's capital. Compared down here, it does. Yo, yeah. Yes, it does. Hey, uh, quickly, one more NFC East uh, matter to settle here. It came up sort of uh, with the McNabb. It is is better than Troy Aikman. Or McNabb's yeah. own claim, better than Aikman, belongs in the Hall Numbers of Fame. Numbers are better. Okay, but the you know, the re- January results are the difference there. It turned into McNabb v. Eli, and then I threw Romo into that. Give me your win-play show of those three quarterbacks, the three best in the NFC East in the 21st century. Win, Eli, place, McNabb, show, Romo. There you go, Spaghetti. Ross Tucker's a he's a famous football expert, and he agrees with your guy, Eli. Same well, thing. here's the thing. I say Romo. Eli, you got to be kidding me. Really? Why? You're going to denigrate uh, nine? I, you know, we were we were teammates for a month and a half. I didn't and remember he, that. 2002. No, 2003. He wasn't even on the radar screen. I tell people all the time. So not only was Romo not on the radar screen, but the first minicamp, Jason Winton was terrible. Hmm. Like to the point where I remember thinking, I cannot believe they drafted this dude in the third round. He's terrible. They should cut him. He was that bad. And usually you're right on with first impressions. Now that guy's like first battle hall of fame tight end. It's unbelievable uh, how much better he got. Did so, nine, when you saw nine throwing the ball, did you think like, wow, I don't know who he is, but that's some arm he's got. No. Really? No, didn't notice him. He's not that big of a dude. He's like maybe 6'2". He looked so young. He looked like he was like 17. He still looks that way, right? Yeah, and I just thought, I thought they just signed him because Sean Payton was our offensive coordinator who went to Eastern Illinois, and so did Romo. I thought they just signed him like, because Peyton said, oh, he's from my school. I'm going to sign him. All right. I'm like, well, so what? You like I Drew thought Brees? Gonna, I thought they were going to keep Clint Sterner as the third quarterback that year. Clint Sterner. Romo. You know, here's a deep dive that uh, maybe four people listening right now will care about. <laughs> Clint Sterner. Do you remember? Yes. I know when, exactly what you're going to say. What? Tennessee, put the ball down the ground. How did you know that? Because Have you and I had this conversation? No, no. one ever knows what I'm talking <laughs> about when I bring that up. They're like, that's I don't like, know what you're... That's like one of the most rememberable... Uh, memorable college football plays the last 30 years whoa 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 i have brought this up to tons of people who love college football who i bring that play and they're like what what are you talking about i'm like the fuck oh yeah when he fumbled and i'm like but he didn't fumble. the ball was down by the rules if he touched the ball on the ground it was a dead ball they're like no i don't think so arkansas tennessee did tennessee win the national championship that year maybe i don't remember something happened with arkansas like arkansas was undefeated and they would have won that game that's right. So you remember that? Yeah, what I, a thrill. Well, I used to talk to him about that all the time. He, yeah, he, like that's like like when we would go. He out, must be steamed. No, when we would go out, like people would bring that up to him, like that play. It's a dead ball. Like, how, how, okay, I, I got something for you. Two of my closest friends. I can't believe that, my closest, that you know that play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So t- I know every play, dude. So two of my friends, closest friends, in the media and guys I just know. Sage Rosenfels mm-hmm. and Dan Orlovsky. I like both those guys. Other than 12-year backup quarterbacks, what else do they have in common? Can you think of this? In, in, in the vein of Clint Sterner putting the ball down against Tennessee. Uh, back of the end zone? Orlovsky back of the end zone and the Rosencopter. Remember when Sage, they were playing against the Colts, uh-huh. and Sage dove to try to get the first down and win the game and did, like, the John Elway thing, mm-hmm. but he flipped around, like, three times and fumbled, and, and the Texans lost the game? It's so interesting. Both those guys, if you like, if you said to somebody, Sage Rosenfels, I remember that Rosencopter play. Like, the, how many people can we name? Have a play. Are defined right. by one play. I love play. that. That's great. Dwight Clark. Yeah. Clint Sterner, but even more so like Orlovsky and Rosenfeld. Like Dwight Clark had a great career, but he is defined by that one play. But I mean, like there are other guys that like legitimately David Tyree. They, how did how did Spaghetti not say that? 
David Tyree. Yeah, that's a good one. Shame on you. I, I was mean, thinking yeah. the first thing that came to my mind was like, oh, uh, the Odell Beckham catcher. I'm like, no, 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 he's good. Well, I, to your point, though, it's interesting that the that even the guys that went on to have nice careers are positively or negatively influenced in an outsized way by one play or two or three plays. That play changed Odell Beckham Jr.'s life. Malcolm that's Butler. Right. Lynn, why is Lynn Swan in the Hall of Fame? I mean, the, it, Lynn Swan. It, no, it's two plays. It's the one I, in the middle of the field and the one down the sideline. I'm not saying it's right. Well, the, the one up the sidelines, the the savvy people know that that was the better catch, obviously. But here's the thing, Damashek. I would not, like, if you told me. And the me, throw's pretty good, too. If you said, Ross, when I was 10 years old, Ross, name some players that played in the 70s. I Maybe my first one would have been number 88 for the Steelers that it, because it, of how many times right. NFL films showed him in the air seemingly for hours. You know, you want to get Bob Greasy out of the Hall of Fame. A lot of people want to get Lynn Swan out of the Hall of Fame. You ever look at his numbers? I. It's not real pretty. I. It's not real pretty. Lynn, so I sat in Three River Stadium and watched his uh, his dynamic play as a youth. It made a great impression. You I mean, I love him. He should the, be in the Hall of Fame. I think he's an interesting... For any reason you don't think Greasy should be in, Lynn Swan should not be in. Oh, no. That's the opposite. The, the reason Lynn Swan, whether you like it or not, the voters are human beings. And so those things impact them in a gargantuan way. It's not the numbers. Now, more and more, it's harder to make a case for guys that have these... That created visceral feelings for you as a viewer. It's harder to argue that point when people can say but look at the advanced numbers here and that you know that it, it's tougher to make that case i like your math nerd voice that was it yeah the uh do it again i am here to tell you what the, <laughs> the, why qbr is a poor measure of a i don't know um how do you do that like you suck your nose in yeah can you imagine i can be even nerdier than i uh, are you am? more impressed by caliendo's voices or that he can make his facial expressions exactly like those people. I'm not. I'm not overwhelmed by impressionists as a rule. Really, not my favorite form of comedy. Got it. I don't know. It's not creative enough for you. I don't know. Rich Little. No, it's of course. It's, it's something mimicking. I can't do. But creative. like the 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 greatest were guys like Rich Little and Fred Travellina. Are they on the Great Wall of uh, of comedy? Who's your favorite comedian ever? Uh, stand up. I mean, you know, grew up with Letterman. I loved Conan O'Brien. You know, I, I probably if I had to choose, it would be a tie between Jimmy Kimmel and Adam Carolla. For comedians? <laughs> no, I don't think, no, I, they, I worked for those. I know. I'm gonna say, let's eliminate them from the equation. George Carlin. George Carlin was for great. Stand-up. Zach Galifianakis is currently a great. Who's uh, is he a Bill great stand-up? Burr's, uh, He's really funny. Oh yeah, he's an oddball. Yeah, he plays the piano and does these uh, these musings. I didn't know that. Tickles, tickles away at the piano. I'm not sure if it's still on Netflix, but if you have a chance to watch his live at the Purple Onion, he recorded in San Francisco like 2006. I want to say like a while ago. It's probably my favorite stand-up I've ever seen because it's it's different parts. Like he'll sit down and do like non sequiturs on the piano. He'll do some stand-up jokes. He does some crowd work. It's it's amazing. John Mulaney is hysterical. Um, Bill uh, Burr, Tom Segura. I yeah, said Bill Burr, Bill, Tom Segura, Burr Kreischer, Joe Rogan, like that whole Ari Shafir, that whole group. Those guys are all, all really funny. What right about now, like actors? Bill Murray. It's Bill Murray. Bill Murray, John Candy, Will Ferrell. Um, I was listening. So I, this morning, I'm on the Steve Martin. His, I mean, his holy trinity. Late set from '79 to I think '82 goes um, the jerk. Um, man with two brains, dead men don't wear plaid. You're going to be hard-pressed to ever live up to those three. In a row, he makes them. I uh, was watching um, a radio. I was watching uh, Golick and Wingo this morning. Mm-hmm. On the Not familiar uh, with those names. Okay. On the elliptical. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the fill-in host was a guy named Jason Fitz. He's a Raiders fan, does a nice job. But he was arguing that Chris Farley wasn't really that funny. Overrated. I think Chris Farley was amazing. It's like, who if, think, if nothing else, it's who unnecessary. Who doesn't think Chris Farley was absolutely hilarious? The guy who history has forgotten a little too quickly is Dana Carvey. At the height of his powers, he's uh, he's probably in the top three to five SNL cast members ever. 
Really? Don't you remember him as uh, doing? I didn't all- think he was that great. Is he? He's like, well, isn't that special? That got tired, and that's what gets in the way of how he's regarded overall. Because it, it the does. church lady, it was like again enough with the church lady. Let's move on, everybody. Yeah. But that that should not stain his his uh, his body of work. The funniest show of all time, one of the funniest shows, top three funniest TV shows ever, is the Dana Carvey show. Short lived though it was, with a and you want to talk about a Hall of Fame writing staff. I mean, it, it was. You have to look it up. It's Stephen Colbert and. Uh, um, Steve Carell, I mean, uh, and Steve Carell, and um, they're all writers on it. Yeah, I mean, it, it's an all, uh, Louis C.K. and uh, oh my gosh, no way, Steve O'Donnell, who's not a performer but one of the great Hold comedy writers. Well, the how did last the show 40, not last? Because they got in trouble. They 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 pushed it a little too hard, and ABC yanked it. They got in a lot of sponsorship issues. Oh, they did a thing where. Bill Clinton, who was president at the time, had a bunch of like, he he was a chicken, I think, or something like that. And he opened up his shirt and he had like all the little animal teats on it. And like they started feeding on it. And that was a bridge too far. (laughs) If I remember that correctly. But of course, what's the funniest TV show of all time? Uh, you tell me. I know what you're going to say. Can I guess? You're you going to say the Larry Sanders show. No, but that's that. You know what? That's top three. Okay. Then I'm not sure. The correct answer is The Simpsons. Oh, Not, oh I yeah. knew that. We are. Oh, yeah. yeah. I remember that conversation. Simpsons is an awesome show. We've gotten sidetracked. I want to ask you about this now, Ross Tucker. <laughs> what did you make ethically, morally, otherwise of the U.S. women's soccer team hanging 13 on Thailand? I thought that was great given the rules that you need to score with tiebreakers. I didn't really care for the. The celebrating just almost got uncomfortable towards the end. I I also though like get the, the windmill and it's like, dude, you're, you're okay. But here's these here's girls the, have no part being on the same field with you. This is like embarrassing. But this like is also a singular like, thing for the American women, right? Well, it's a five-time thing for the Alex Morgan or whatever. Some of these girls. Yeah, but it's not goal. her scoring the 13th goal, is it? I don't know. I didn't see it. But I assume it was Scrubs scoring those late goals, right? It's the same thing. It's funny. I don't. The thing I don't care for is that it's has now, it's tinged with like, see, this is sexist. If men did that, no one would yeah, care. Yeah, that it's bothers like, me. Do people not remember the old ball coach? You, you, you surely remember the old ball coach with his Gators teams whipping teams. I remember Belichick when they beat uh, when they beat the Titans sixty three to seven or whatever. He took a lot of heat. Oh, you should have taken your foot off the gas. Disrespectful to not do that. Yeah. And you know it, it has nothing to do with. Uh, the gender of who's doing it. People have issues with that. Or Jimmy Johnson used to uh, obliterate foes and get that same heat too. Like you didn't have to do that. The pushback on that is it's not, it's one thing if it's Vinny Testaverde throwing his ninth touchdown pass of the game, but it's not that you're putting up those point totals with backups. What are you going to tell backups? Like, yes, you don't get to play very much, but don't do good. Do bad when you go in. No, the argument is, is and of course they're happy. They're getting the goal or they're getting a touchdown and their backup players at, at, at uh, Gators, they get in the end zone. Of course they're going to celebrate. They don't get to it? do it very much. Did you watch it? No, I didn't see it. Okay. I guess I, I don't need to see it to know. <laughs> what's that from? <laughs> I don't know. So, but my point That's is. Not, that, what's that from? It, That's from a lot of uh, national sports radio shows. A lot of people don't watch it. A lot of the, I, I always say that. How true is that, by the way? Do you agree with that? With that? To pull the curtain back, I think the general public would be shocked, nay, mortified to learn uh, some of their favorite people how little they actually pay attention to what's going on. I know what's going on. I I know enough. I don't don't have to actually watch. (laughs) There are a fair number of those guys. I think that they would be surprised. (laughs) Yes. There are people. The people don't watch as much as. I played the game. Yeah, that was uh, 17 years ago, man. (laughs) You, you still you still might want to keep up with what's happening. Um, all right, what else we got, man? I like, well, I, got, like the, that, I like the second to last question. All right. What kind of food does Ross like to eat when he's in Los Angeles? Ross, your answer. So this is always a conflict for me because I want like in and out or whatever, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of good, healthy food out here. So it's like even you and I at lunch – 
had a nice salad. Two grown men eating salad. So yeah. what? D- dude, was I the first person ever to approach $15? Ross Tucker had a uh, was a few cents shy of a $15 salad. Spaghetti. Do the listeners all know like they weigh it the whole day? They weigh it. Yeah, people get That's a universal thing when you get a salad bar salad. Right, yeah, they weigh it. Yeah. Almost just 15, from the salad no. bar, you didn't like get anything cooked and add to it. It was just like, oh man. No, I do. I you I, spaghetti I knows. A people, lot of, I threw a lot of ham on there. People <laughs> at NFL media are familiar with my game. I like to, uh, it's a carnival trick that I play with, uh, with the people at the register each day. Uh, I weigh it and I guess the price with tax and then they take their turns at doing it. And I am the master of it. And I have on more than one occasion hit it on the head to the cent. I did it most recently, just three weeks ago. I called out exactly to the cent, how much it was going to cost. I contend that that salad should be free, but that's another conversation. So, like, here's the thing. I picked up Ross's. I said, let's play the game with Ross's. I literally couldn't hold it with one hand. It was too heavy. When I, but here's the thing. Like, when I go to the airport tonight, okay, mm-hmm. I could go to In-N-Out and have an In-N-Out burger before I go to the airport. That one's so packed all the time. Number one, that one's so packed all the time. Number they two, all are. Number two, I know that at the airport, there's, like, these good like tuna pokey places right mm-hmm. where i don't even know what that is tuna pokey but it's good it's like they one thing's for sure if you're gonna get it get it at an airport <laughs> <laughs> no but my point is there's just a lot of good healthy food options out here. uh-huh and so i feel like when in california i should have like nice salads and stuff well as i always like say in-N-Out. i think woody Especially allen since five guys is better than in and out anyway do you think so yes i've it- never had five guys what How about that how about that? How about that admission? Is there no Five Guys in Pittsburgh? They have it in Pittsburgh and they have it in Los Angeles, and yet it's never passed these lips. What do I need it for? Five I, Guys is good. It's good. I think it's better I'll than Shake Shack. It. It's not better than In and Out. I thought you were a connoisseur. I am. I just have now. I you know what? I I feel saturated by the by the subject. I love to eat burgers. I just don't. Why, I, do I need to add another one to the rotation? Do you think that you eat? A lot healthier here than you would if you lived in Pittsburgh still. Where I realized that I would be much fatter than I already am is if I had never left Chicago. Because that place, everything is, and you forget it that until you go back there. It, standardly, every restaurant in Chicago is just a massive plate. For, I mean, they buy their plates from a different manufacturer, the whole city, than Los Angeles does. Because they just have massive platter-sized plates at every restaurant, and they're heaped with food. You can't if, if you don't have any willpower, which clearly I don't, I you know, I, w- I, think, I would be much fatter. I think deep dish pizza is up there among like the heaviest foods you can. Yeah, but but I've if you never lived had in Chicago, it without having to have a nap afterwards. I know, but if you lived in Chicago, you would need it very much. That's the rule. People don't just just like, oh, once a week or once every couple of weeks, time for no, some more deep dish. No, I couldn't do it. I lived there for you. I couldn't do it. Yeah, you, you you do it because, wow, I can't believe we can get this delivered. But then, you know, about a month in, you're like, all right. I mean, how much, how, I can't feel this sick every, <laughs> every day. It's almost like a hangover. I had one of the great meals of my lifetime um, at uh, Petit Trois in uh, in Sherman Oaks for my birthday with uh, with the lady, and oh, it's French now, food. You, it's all butter. French food? It's uh, I don't like French food. You would like this? I guarantee you would love spaghetti. Now, You've been there, this. right? No, you, I want to go to. There's there's one in West Hollywood too that I want to go to. Yeah, do you know the Mac folks or whatever? Then? No, I just, it's delicious. Now. Now, would Eddie? You know what Eddie should do? Cut that audio, email it to the one in West Hollywood, and be like, "You know how many people just listen to that? Mm-hmm. You know, I like you know how much branding I just gave you, right? Yeah, and then, my, my table for two tomorrow night will be free. Thank you. Don't tell them Dave sent you. That's what I always say. The uh, you know what is is great though that the hookup that came from you and I owe them uh, some thanks is Yingling. Every once in a while, those boxes come back. Yeah, with the Yingling. You're on the influencer list. Mo- most recently, You're on the I, I, because list. of you, because I, I was like, wait, why is Ross Tucker getting the Yingling? I'm from PA too. There's only two bars in LA that carry uh, Yingling. By the way, how do you know that? Uh, I have a lot of friends from school that lived in the South Jersey, Philadelphia area, and they live out here now. And so there's one bar in the Valley called the Brickyard that had it, and recently, um, a bar not too far from I know where the, the NFL is. Um, uh, the garage on motor 
just recently started getting it in because half of the bar is a Patriots bar. The other half is an Eagles bar. The older side is an Eagles bar. So they have Yangling now because the Eagles. Wow. What was that place like during the Super Bowl? Yeah. Some fist fights. Think so? It's apparently based on the video I've seen from Bruins fans. So you don't even need the uh, oppose uh, the opposing <laughs> fans there. They just fight with the, with each other. Um, Yingling, yeah, I just got the cans, and they have great. They send the the pint glasses, the glasses, and the Christmas sweater, and oh, it's the it, hat. Yeah, you know what's the best? Yeah, uh, what are the things? The things? The cozies? Cozy. No, 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 no. Coasters. Coasters. The thing that uh, it's that, koozies. Co- you just combine koozies and coasters to cozies. <laughs> if you if you could drink a beer the way Tom Brady and I can, not the way you and Aaron Rodgers drink it, it you you don't need. You the think koozie. you're a better chugger than me? I don't think I am, but that's not the. I, okay. I I said that just to get your goat, and so I did. Um, that the way you think the way with think... Yingling, you got to go with the black and tan. You had the black oh, and tan. That's my the best. Gosh. Tell them that. That's like a. But that's like a deep dish pizza. That's like same type of deal. It's but it, it, I mean the regular Yingling is good, but the black and tan Yingling. I drink even. I, I I drink Yingling Premium sometimes. Ooh. Rather than like lager or lager light. I don't think I've had my, the premium. They only sell like Schuylkill County where it's from. Like that's like the original Yingling Premium, Yingling Premium light. It's good. I like I like your neck of the woods. Philadelphia. I like Harrisburg. Philadelphia is a nice place. I was pleasantly surprised when the draft was there. I thought it was a, uh, a, a wonderful place. It had hints of Pittsburgh to it in terms of architecture and otherwise. Of course, ultimately, Pittsburgh is the superior <laughs> town. And I mean that. And I mean that. Well, don't you think if they were that they'd have an NBA team? We, but we took a vote like 30 years ago and decided we didn't care. We don't need it. Again, saturated. What, what, what more do we need? We, we don't need NBA. We want to check that out. We'll jump in the car, drive up to Cleveland. Really? Well, listen, we're, we're lousy with Stanley Cups and Lombardis. What are we, we going to do with an NBA team? You're a three-sport city. You're not a you're not a major city. I mean, is that really how you think it works? You, I mean, yeah, you're, you're like a second tier city. We ain't Charlotte, friend. We got we got uh, we got our three, and we're and you know, well, the uh, if you really want to assess it fairly, we're really kind of like two and a half. Are we really going to count the Buckos as a full major league baseball team? <laughs> the Brewers outspend us every year. The the Buckos are like a four A team. You know what I don't like about the Buckos that you call them the Bucks. The Bucks are a football team in Tampa Bay. No, okay. They came the into Pittsburgh, existence in 1976. When do you think the Buckos came into existence in the 19th century, Bub? Talking about <laughs> Pittsburgh. Yes, Pirates. Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay and the Creamsicles. Yes, they. They. they yes, they. They certainly deserve that more than uh, the Battling Buckos, who came to be Pittsburgh 80 years Pirates. before they did. Pirates. They're not the Bucks. They're the Pirates. You don't get it, man. You don't. You, you don't know the score. And by the way, we have pr- we have a proud tradition in pit football. We ever heard of Dan Marino and Tony Dorsett and Hugh Green and Darrell Revis and Shady like McCoy? That. Don't say his last name like that. I was grandfathered in by Tony Dorsett himself. <laughs> That's true. That's a true story. I said to Dorsett, I, I, I now I have to tell the story. Dorsett. That's when he got fancy and he put the star on the side of his head. Before that, when he was a, from a steel town. When he was at Pitt, they called him Tony Dorsett? Tony Dorsett, yeah. They didn't call him Tony Dorsett. No, he didn't go to Aliquippa like uh, Darrell Revis or... Sean any, Gilbert. Sean Gilbert did a lot of, a lot of NFL stuff. Ty Law, Mike Ditka. He went to Hopewell. Good for you. Hopewell. That's exactly Who else right. went to Hopewell? Really uh, good player. 10 plus years, retired a year or two ago. From Hopewell, eh? Hmm. And then not not Beaver Falls, where Joe Namath went. No, this guy I from Hopewell. To, I get back to Beaver Falls now and again. <laughs> I, we got to beat the quips. I, I had that kind of Namath, you know, oh, yeah, nice guy. But, you know, charismatic. He, he, he He's charismatic whether he wants to be or not. And I'm talking to him. And, you know, he's, uh, you know, kind of, um, you know, uh, spending the 30 seconds to until he can brush me off kind of thing and then i i said you know my mother grew up in hopewell and it was ah, i just went back and what was fascinating about it was 
I talk to Namath and I talk about, uh, you know, my father, my grandfather worked at the J&L steel mill and everything. He knows all those references. And uh, he swear, you know, my mother wasn't allowed to play with Mike Ditka and his brother when she was growing up. They grew up on the same block because the Ditka boys were known when girls would get on the jungle gym uh, that they would pull down girls underpants. So my mother wasn't allowed to play with Ditka. Jimmy Kimmel then asked Ditka about this on the Kimmel show in about 2004. And Kimmel said, do you remember the name Michelle Zubasic, which was my mother's maiden name? And Ditka said he did. He's like, I remember, I remember Michelle. And and Kimmel said, is that story true? And he said, that sounds like me. <laughs> so I bring up the I bring up the Namath that, uh, and he, all of a sudden he went into a long. I went back and we we didn't beat the Quips and we got to get him. And he loves to talk high school football, local high school football. An hour later, I was in New York City doing something, and then an hour later in the same green room, Darrell Revis is sitting there, obviously separated by what forty years. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, same neck of the woods, though. And Reeve is, oh, Jets, whatever. Uh, you know, yeah, I'll, I'll be on cruise control with my answers to you. Then I bring the quips up to him. Fifteen minutes later, we stop talking about high school football in Western PA. Loves it. Loves you know, my high, school, guys- my high school, when they won the state championship in 2012, they beat Aliquippa. Is that true? They, they beat the quips. My favorite thing about Namath. What was your high school? Wyoming. Missing. Home of I know Taylor the name, Swift. Yeah. Wyoming Missing Spartans. Who was the other, pit, uh, the other uh, Hopewell kid? Paul Pozlesny. Really? I didn't know he went to Hopewell. Paul huh. Pozlesny. I know he was uh, great yeah, for he's, Penn State. He's number one NFL player in the last 15 years. It looks like he could be like a movie character. Like his, his jaw Spike's and neck. neck and just like he looks awesome. But my favorite thing about Namath is he legitimately has a Pittsburgh slash Alabama mm-hmm. slash New York accent. Like you can hear hints of it. He used to come on the radio and he'd be like, the Jets just need to get better players. You know, as long as they could just get some better players. That, I mean, it was just funny to hear him because you could hear the Alabama twang, but then you'd hear a little bit of Pittsburgh and then the New Yorker would come in. 50 years too. later, he is still, by my measure, the coolest guy in. Uh, uh, yes. Because he's not. I mean, he he is one of Manhattan's all time coxmen, and when you look at him, he's got that big beak of a and he's got, like I'm not a I'm a passer, I'm not a thrower of the football. <laughs> yeah, the way he speaks, and by the way, you ever want to uh, give yourself a treat? Watch him at Bama. Find the find the film of him playing at Bama, and watch him run around. He's oh, his like, feet. He he is like Roger Staubach, but bigger. You know, he yeah. uh, he was a great runner and uh, could sling it. Yeah, it's the coolest guy ever. The best speech in NFL films history is when he's shooting stick in a Manhattan bar. It's like, why it's becoming evil in me that I want to have a drink with a young lady now again. <laughs> As a bachelor, I'll never understand. Then he shoots the he <laughs> shoots uh, and the cue ball gets, go, goes out of frame and you can hear it bangs into into the corner pocket. And he goes, I don't know. I don't know why that's becoming evil in me. <laughs> Look at that shot. It's a, it's just a cool. And he says, it seems un-American. It seems, it seems, yeah, that's right. It seems un-American to me. All right, listen, I think we've covered a lot of good ground here today. <laughs> Spaghetti, do you feel that we, we've done enough or no? I think this is the most unique uh, DDFP episode ever because I don't think a single topic was stayed on longer than may- maybe the Eagle stuff the most. But, like, nothing else is more than a two- to three-minute chunk, which I think is fantastic. Oh, I have one more actual question for you. What do you make, uh, from an entertainment standpoint and otherwise, Oakland Raiders hard knocks? I I don't know how it can't be unbelievably entertaining. Now, I will say this. The Browns can be tough to top. Browns were really good last year. That that show was awesome. And a lot of it depends on access and what Gruden and Mayock give us. But you think about Vontez Perfect, Antonio Brown, Richie Incognito. What do you think about that? Just those three guys. What do you think about Incognito back in the league? Other guys don't rise to the level to be worthwhile. The I'm, I'm, other, I'm others, nervous for him. You know the names of the guys who are like, well, it, it'll be a headache. That's why we don't want him here because that'll be a distraction to the overall roster and we don't need all that. Richie Incognito isn't that. He's he's that good that it's worth it to bring him back a year away from football at this age you with gotta, his baggage you, you, you gotta, in that part of the country. I would encourage everybody listening to go back and read everything that went on with him over the last 
18 months, it's legitimately scary. Like some of the things he did from a mental health standpoint. And my whole thing was, I hope the NFL has some program that I'm not aware of where someone that's done what he's done has to undergo a very intensive mental health evaluation before you let him go out on a football field with a helmet on and go out and attacking guys. That reminds me, I was watching, uh, I got my highlight film from NFL Films, my personal one, Mm -hmm. and there's a play where I'm blocking. Really? It's all your plays? It's Ross Tucker plays? Yeah, it's awesome. And I'm blocking Gerard Warren, and he had a screw loose. And the end of the play, you can see it's a touchdown. I've heard a lot about Gerard yeah, Warren. Well, it, earlier in the game, he spit in my face twice. <laughs> Viva, then, it's funny then, when um, the guys who would tell the stories in the green rooms and stuff, I love listening to the stories because they're like, oh, that guy is the craziest. And they're like, oh, yeah, he was he was crazy than spit, most. Spit in my face, and then I'm driving him <laughs> for a touchdown. All of a sudden, he takes my arm and puts me like in an arm bar. Like our running back's going into the end zone, and Gerard has my arm, and he says, I'm going to break your bleep, bleep arm. I'm going to break your bleeping, bleeping arm. I said, no, Gerard, no, 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 get the, the, get the play's over. No, no, I was legitimately concerned. He was going to snap my arm right there. And, like, just to think, what is going on in your head during a pro football game that while a guy's blocking you, you think, you know what, rather than trying to disengage here and make the tackle, I'm going to go like this and put him in an arm bar and break his arm or tell him I'm going to break his arm. Or weren't, was it, what was your MO? Weren't you, I mean, you, you're, the I was, cla- I, I was, uh, your classic edgy. nice guy, you know, but I, I definitely can sense in you that you can flip a switch. How scary, first of all, how scary is it to walk out onto an NFL field? Are you scared and like, oh man, we're going to start playing here in about I 10 was minutes? Always nervous. And had not bad. nervous for the result. I mean, just for the physical. Yeah, I was bang. always like scared until the first play was over, and then I was like, "This is awesome! I'm going to kill all these dudes." <laughs> that's that's so your weird. mo. Is that I you? Had, like, I had such nerves and anxiety. I remember praying before the game. I can't wait till this game's over. I had so much stress about playing well, and every guy you watch during the week, you're watching on tape. You're like, "Wow, he looks good." I had so much stress and anxiety, and it. It could not get released no matter what I did until that first play. The first play I'd hit him and I'd be like, all right, I got this. He's dead. I'm but you were everybody. mean, right? You you Very. you you went up to the line and crossed it. That's the MO. If I ask if I asked yeah. uh, twenty guys who played against you, they'd be like, Yeah, Russ Tucker, man, he was a he, Some would he say was dirty, a, some would say cheap. Right. I've heard that. Defensive guys would say cheap. Uh, offensive guys. He was. I mean, he hard. he hung in there. I mean, he crossed the line though too to to get it done. That that people. Let's what say was that. that voice? That was your. Uh... That's my football guy voice. <laughs> it's outstanding. It's outstanding room of uh, that no one outside this locker room because in the you, National Football League, gentlemen. Outstanding. How long are your shows? I don't know how long. We've been, been uh, talking for fifty-five minutes. We've been That's talking not for so like bad. an hour. That ain't so bad, is it? I'm not even getting paid for this. All right, listen. I, 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 I get the hint. No, this is awesome. One last question for you. Dude, I, can't, I can't wait to go back and listen to this. Two more two more questions. Like, this, is, this is like real I'm life. sure the question you've been asked most in your life. Two more questions. Who's the hardest guy? Who's the hardest guy All right, guy hit the music. Let's start the Reggie, show now. Reggie Let's White. Let's start the show now. Reggie White, right? That's what everybody says. Reggie White's the toughest guy. Them. Oh, no. Really? No. You're... you're uh, your career's li- uh, overlapped, no. right? Maybe a year, but no. I was really? 2001 and 2008. Wow, that's crazy to think Reggie White was out of football by the time you got there, huh? Yeah. Um, so who's the, the who was the toughest to handle one-on-one? Uh, best, toughest guy to block D-line ever was uh, Richard Seymour. Hmm. I so keep seeing good. his name come up, and now, lately I've been this, re- Leroy Glover, uh, Bryant Young were really good, really good. Sap was really good. Um, and the toughest guy I ever ha- tried to block was was Ray Lewis. Really? Because why? He was so good. Uh, he knew what play was coming like half the time, it seemed like. And then every time I went to block him with the butt of his hands, he would hit my shoulder points, lock me out, shed me, and make the tackle. Like, nobody does that. And every time I talk to people about any facet of life, I'm like, knowing what play was coming based on our formation motion and his technique, neither one of those take any talent. Like, when people think Ray Lewis, they think big, fast, strong, ferocious, the dancing. The two things that made him so great 
his technique and how smart he was hmm. have nothing to do with talent at Funny, all. I always think of the thing I was that in the always... huddle. I was in the huddle, and McGee finally go. McGee's like, "Tuck, maybe, maybe, maybe just try to cut him or something." I was like, "Yeah, okay." I could not block him a pie. So then I ran after him next time on like a sprint draw. I was like, ah, dove at his knees. He still didn't go down, but he, you know, it was enough that McGee was able to get like 10 yards or something. You can answer this other one because the guys, these guys are all stars and they live in mansions. They ain't coming to no Harrisburg PA anytime soon to swim in your pool. So who is the guy who we understand to be one of the great uh, defensive stars in the 21st century who you found pretty easy to handle? Like, wait, this guy's supposed to be, this guy's a pro bowler? Come on. Dana Stubblefield. Huh. You mentioned Bryant Young, and he was the, the quiet star next to Dana Stubblefield, huh? Dana Stubblefield. Because I think by that time, Dana Stubblefield had, like, already been defensive player of the year one year. And he's probably like... A, he was? I think he was. He was something... This is like, I think when I played against him in 02, look it up. I was for the Cowboys. He was in San Francisco. I think it was maybe like his eighth or ninth or tenth year. He had made a lot of money. I cut him dirty early in the game. And I think he just thought, I think he just thought, you know what? I really don't feel like getting hurt. Like, I really don't feel like this kid, this young idiot cutting me today. I'm just going to hold my gap and just stay here. 97 player of the year. 97 defensive player of the year. And rookie of the year, 93. Good recall. I've, I see. It's funny. I obviously know all the guys, but they're. It, I, I'm getting bad now at like what 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 years did funny he play too, in the like league? Picture, picture this though, okay? In '97, that's when I graduated from high school. The guy was defensive player of the year in the NFL. I was going to like the prom and stuff, and then five years later, I'm playing against him. It's funny though that when I talk to players that they that uh, they I mean Reggie Wayne is one of the exceptions to this high end player who I say at some point you look across the sideline and go like oh my god it's Bill Belichick and Tom Brady how are we going to beat these guys and he says like yeah there's that's a real thing most guys deny it and you know I I'm a decent read on who's a liar or not I buy when those guys are like no it never enters my mind no what he's a human being what I'm going to go get him well, I would be, I, I would be, I would lose before the game because I would just look across and be like, oh my God, it's Belichick. Well, I, I think I told this before, but I remember being in the, in the locker room and like, it was like Bruce Smith and Daryl Green. It's like, what is going on? Crazy, These right? guys have been in the NFL since I was four and six and they're still playing and good. Something. Anyway. All right, good time. Let's start the show. I think hit the music, spaghetti. Let's start spaghetti. The show. I think the show is a solid nah, C, nah, C plus, nah, right? Nah, no, nah, nah. it's higher. No, 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 no. Always too harsh grading. No, no, no. The great Ross Tucker, everybody. I, you know what I didn't do at the top of the show? Well, I, I and I feel like a heel is uh, I didn't mention the Ross Tucker football uh, podcast. See, I always want to say program. Ross Tucker football podcast. Got your network. Feast, right. Even money. College draft. Can like, I tell you like, something at the very end of this dude, show? Pause like, do you know that that's like the main reason why I come in is to mention those things? And we, we almost did the whole thing without you mentioning my Twitter's at Ross Tucker. Everybody NFL. knows you, though. Let's you're one of those guys. People, we need everybody to, we knows need to check you. the analytics to see how many people are even still listening now. Yeah, you're right. I would love to see. What's you know done be, is uh, done. You know what would be unbelievable to go to like the Apple podcast thing and you can see like when your listener goes down, uh -huh. I like to marry that with like the different topics, right? Like, okay. I, now, I love that kind of, I wish there were those like, kind of numbers like, on podcasts. Like, like now we're talking about, uh, I don't know, the cow, uh, Romo. Uh, we just dropped five. You know what I'd like to ask you? Here's, here's a sincere No, no question. more questions. One more. I get the sense <laughs> just based on the, the Twitter, the lack of Twitter responses I get from him. And if I try to interact with him, he, he hi hats me. True or false? Has Evan Silva ever said bad about me? It's like, I'm not into that guy. He's, he's too goofy for me. No. He's never said that to you? No. I I blocked him. <laughs> he's too... He, he's very anti-giant. He's anti-giant. He's, he's like to the point where he's a troll, so I'm like, I can't... I can't do it <laughs> He's never said anything bad about you. He's never mentioned you at all. No? Fact. That's no. even worse. Do, do you think you're a fantasy guy? I don't know. I was on your show once with him. And I remember feeling like, yeah, I just like, you know, I guess I'm just not Evan Silva's cup of tea. No, he never said anything about it. He didn't say to you, like, I don't know what, maybe because you said like, oh, hey, the Evan, you're going to love this goo. What I love is, though, is your off season, your position 
Uh, well, how do you call? What do you call it? The tears, tears of heaven. The tears of heaven. Yeah, that they're, they're really good. That's we a have, really we interesting. We have a, the fantasy. song from that is the guy that's the keyboard player for Carrie Underwood, whose really? concert I'm going to tomorrow night in Hershey, PA. Ooh. If I make this flight, some life you got going there. All right, have a great time with that. <laughs> <laughs> Go take a dip in the pool in Harrisburg and then do that. <laughs> hey, the great Ross Tucker, everybody. We'll be back with more hooey and applesauce for you next week. In the meantime, why don't you fill, fill your ears and your heart with Ross Tucker's songs about football on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast and the entire network of Ross Tucker Podcasts. They're all grand. He's a grand fella. We'll talk to you next week. Thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.